Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to tournament poker strategy. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Fez Buddy and Killing Bird. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. My name is KB, joined, as always, by my co-host, Ron Fezbuddy. How are you, man? I am good, KB. Good to talk to you again. How have you been? I have been very well. Busy, yeah. but good. Yeah, you are a Twitch superstar. Congratulations. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but I do it a lot. <laughs> you do? No, you, you got, you, you're grinding Twitch now. You grind poker and you grind Twitch, it looks like. you have Definitely so trying. Two. Yeah, no, a lot of fun. Yeah, you were. I saw you were mentioned in an article on card. Was it Card Player Magazine about you know Twitchers, poker yeah. Twitchers to follow? Well, yep. I am uh, humbled to be in the presence of a Twitch celebrity. As you should. I mean, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, and everyone who you know, people who pick up this podcast. I'm, I'm guessing you have a lot of crossover listeners and to your Twitch viewers. Um, but if you're not checking out KB's Twitch, it's a great Twitch. It's you know, I think you have a good community there. Obviously, you play a lot of poker. Um, and it's fun to watch, so good for you, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's Twitch, twitch.tv slash killingbird if you want to check it out. And uh, it's super lax. Basically, just sit there and play tournaments and drink some beers. It's not, like, very, like, strat-heavy or anything. It's more just like a – it's like a community. It's just yeah. friends hanging out, playing poker. Usually other people are playing at the same time, and it's fun. So awesome. if that's well, your thing, come hang yeah. out. And how's poker uh, treating you? Poker's been pretty good. Um, towards the end of last year, I had – gone on a pretty big downswing for my like buy-in range um close i think close to or maybe a little over eight thousand which is a lot for like an average buy-in of you know probably 40 yeah um and it was starting to you know it's getting a little depressing but um i just grinded 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 kept going and uh erased all that and more so we're we're on an upswing and life is good that's awesome so yeah and i got to uh i got to to break it up a little bit with a little trip to the Bahamas for PCA, Sweet. Uh, which was a lot of fun. Met a lot of really cool people. Didn't play a ton of poker. I went more, honestly, for like business and networking purposes than for playing poker purposes. But um, played a little bit, just basically like little daily turbos and didn't get much going at any point. But um, had fun. It was nice to just toss chips around again. It's, it's been – it was the first live poker I'd really played since the World Series, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of fun. Nice. Yeah, I have a little trip myself uh, next weekend. I'm gonna go play uh, Foxwoods. They actually, it's a $600, 500k guarantee, which is gonna be a lot of runners for a typical Foxwoods tournament. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. And you know, they got three started, three day ones. Uh, Friday, Saturday. I'm sorry, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I think. And then day two is on Tuesday. Uh, I could give you getting those. Those wrong. That's the general. That's the general <laughs> range of where they are. I'm not sure if it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or or Saturday, Sunday, but I'm probably gonna go play the Saturday. Um, and if I make a day two, most likely be in the money and come back in, on when on Tuesday and, and, and play it, which I kind of nice. like. Like that, you don't have to, you know, have to commit too much if it doesn't work out. Right, right. Um, and then Good I'm more, work. yeah. And what I'm and I'm even more excited about the World Series schedule has just come out. So getting gearing up for that. Yeah, already getting stoked. It's like 
The World Series is like Christmas, and when the schedule comes out, it's, it's like when you make your Christmas list. <laughs> That's a great comparison. <laughs> you get to like start to think, okay, I'm going to yeah. miss and miss. It miss. really is. It really is. It's like going to see Santa. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, what you want. yeah. I'm definitely stoked about it, and we'll, we'll get into a lot more detail um, about what we think about the schedule and what we're planning to play and stuff like that when we, when we get our pros in here. Yeah. But. Yeah, there's a lot of change. I mean, not not drastic change. There's a lot added to the schedule this year. There's some new wrinkles, so I think it's interesting and something definitely to talk about. See how the pros feel about it. Yeah, and generally speaking, the, the feedback seems pretty pretty positive. So, yep. Yep. Um, I cool. Think, I think it's going to be good. So, well, who yeah, do we for, have today? Who do we have today to talk to? Uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. So we got uh, Mark Eliotto coming in, who is of course always uh, a blast to have on the show. A good friend and a pro. Um, and an excellent poker player, so looking forward to him and having him on the show. But we'll also be joined for the very first time uh, by Ben Reason, who uh, did his debut series for TPE quite a while back, and we have a brand new series from him coming soon. So uh, looking forward to having him on. And he's one of those guys who, you know, we we often talk about like how much we love to talk poker with like Danny N13 or with AZN. Yeah. Uh, and Ben is definitely one of those guys who I love talking poker with. And he's, I mean, he's also my backer and my coach. Or yep. one of you know one of my backers and one of my coaches, um, so I'm biased a little yeah. <laughs> bit. But I also think I you know I've had enough experience working on poker with him that I know just how how smart he is about the game. And yeah. it's it's uh, intimidating and impressive all yeah. at the same time. Yeah, I'm a fan as well. He's one of those guys that you feel like he draws a lot better poker out of you. You feel smarter about it when when you you know. Uh, when you're talking to him, even though he's you know levels above, you still feel like you're you're getting smarter. And then afterwards, you definitely feel like he's a great guy to talk to during this, the course of a series because he really gets your mi- mind in the right frame. Mm-hmm. Get, gets you in the right frame of mind for for thinking about poker decisions. Yeah, he's also um, a great guy just to, to like know and converse with because he's kind of got his hands in a lot of things. You know, he does yeah. coaching, he does obviously backing. Uh, he's been around the live scene a lot. He's played a lot online. Yeah. He's played a lot of different formats of poker. Um, so, yeah, he's just a really good guy to, to, to build a chat poker with for sure. So should be a fun conversation. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and it's a fun time to bring both Ben and Mark on because they both have stuff going on, TP, with uh, you are riding the pain train right now with the Stick It to the Man video. It's actually <laughs> yes. called Riding the, 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 the Pain Train with KB. Uh, you and Mark, um, we can talk about that more later when we get into what's going on at TP. But, uh, and then Ben has a new series, uh, the first in a while, uh, in March on March 11th. So we thought it was a good time to bring those guys in so you can see uh, what kind of poker uh, thoughts and strategy and mindset you're going you're gonna to get on TP in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Um, and we hope you enjoy. Absolutely. So uh, enough talking about him. Let's yep. get him in here. Let's get him in so here. We'll, yeah, so we'll take a, a very quick break, and uh, we'll come back with Ben Reason and Mark Galliato on the TPE Podcast. If you are looking for the best MTT training site on the planet, look no further than TournamentPokerEdge.com. Tournament Poker Edge focuses exclusively on multi-table tournaments and features some of the best live and online pros. No waiting through cash game videos looking for the occasional tournament video. Tournament Poker Edge also offers strategy articles, forums, a member chat room, and much more. So visit TournamentPokerEdge.com and start taking your game to the next level now.
Welcome back to the Tournament Poker Edge Podcast. Time to bring in our pros for this uh, episode. Uh, we are joined once again by ASEAN All in 007, Mark Elliotta. How are you, sir? What's going on, TP Nation? It's been a minute. Happy to be here. And for the very first time here on the Tournament Poker Edge Podcast, he has been on TPE Live once before, but first time on this podcast, Mr. Ben Reason. How are you, sir? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks for taking a little time out of your very busy schedule. Yeah, hey, how many video series has Ben done in the two and a half years since he's been a pro? <laughs> Just out of curiosity. I can't count them. Um, one, let me, hold on, let me count this, hold on. There was one, um, there was two. Two. <laughs> and two isn't out yet. <laughs> one, one per year is not bad. One per year is, well, I mean, it, it depends how you count it. it you, there were, there's a two-year gap in between them, so we could be, you know, your average is, is one per one per every two years. Put out a high-quality product. <laughs> you like my math? Your, your first series was great. I, you know, absolutely I'm lie about that. It was great, yeah. but your second yeah. just doesn't exist yet. <laughs> oh, well, the re- yes, true, but the reason we have been on today is because this new series is about to premiere. Uh, it should be up March 11th, so for those of you listening to, to this just as it comes out, that's next week. Um, those yep. of you who listen to this down the road, go back to March 11th. Ben's new series is out, and we are all pretty excited to have him back. Um, you know, I know definitely video-wise, uh, you know, one of the best videos that we had um, in 2014, um, <laughs> hopefully one of the best in 2016. Um, but I will say that just being around Ben, and I know, you know, the three of you guys talk a lot of poker. Um, I really enjoy talking poker with you, Ben. You have a great analytical mind, so I think people are going to benefit from that from the series. Yeah, Ben is actually, you know, he's really good at poker, but he's one of the best coaches. I mean, he coaches me, basically. Um, we do a lot of stuff together, but he's always, you know, basically helping me along the way. Uh, so, yeah, uh, coaching is uh, one of Ben's strong suits, so I'm excited about it, too. Yeah, one of the one of the things that was um, cool about that series is that it looked really good, even though it was done on, like, a Commodore 64 or something. <laughs> <laughs> what is a Commodore 64? <laughs> is that an old computer? I think so. I don't know. I made that up. Uh, Sounds like an old computer. <laughs> yeah. Okay, an Apple IIe. Yeah, yeah LC2. That's even older. That's even older. <laughs> All right, so Ben, let's get to your poker story. Tell us, tell the listeners a little bit about how you know how you came up, what you were doing before poker, how you got into poker. What was the uh, inspiration for you? Uh, I would say games have always just been the inspiration for me. I always been I don't want to say hustler but I always like wheeling <laughs> dealing doing type of business stuff uh-huh. um, like sixth grade I was buying paintball guns and fixing them up and selling them I was in you know Sorry. the Pokemon card grind nice. uh, definitely started like that was the first thing I played for was playing for like five card draw for Pokemon cards in fourth grade or something like that um, <laughs> young prodigy <laughs> yeah so, uh, I, w- I was always doing stuff like that and even before <laughs> The boom hit. I was always trying to get little games together with my friends and stuff. So, is there math in Pokemon cards? <laughs> like, I'm serious. I don't there, even know. There, there probably is. I mean, in every sort of deck building game like that. Like, right. I never played seriously, but I assume it's just like Magic: The Gathering. It's just like a lot of different EV calculations. So. Right. Right. There's got to be some sort of optimal yeah. um, play in certain situations. Definitely. Definitely. So essentially, you just like taking people's money. For a living. That's what you want to do. Like, that's what you've done your whole life. 
<laughs> it is. Well, look, thing. for a lot of people, paying the money is entertain is an entertainment cost, right? And for for Ben, he's earning a fee for providing us. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, so, so where were you, uh, where, where are you from, Ben? Where where'd you grow up? I am from Tyler, Texas, East Texas oh. area. So is East Texas, okay. And so. When did you get into poker? I mean, is this a moneymaker thing for you or later? Yeah, it was, again, like I was always really interested in it before that. And whenever the boom happened, I sort of just rode the wave, but not necessarily as fast as a lot of my, I guess, other peers necessarily did. I remember uh, playing, I deposited like $50 on full tilt when I was a senior in high school, I think. And... I was just trying to figure things out then, and I would just consider myself a fish for the next, you know, year or two. Yeah. Uh, I went through probably ten, fifty dollar deposits, and then I put forty dollars on, and then studied every single day, like net, never looked back, sort of thing. And everything I have now is from that. Um, but yeah, I would say once I got into college. I met someone, went to SFA, graduated from there. Uh, I met someone, Jesse, chronic ATM on full tilt, and he sort of really helped me with my game and sort of gave me a way to start looking at poker analytically and things like that. Um, but yeah, so just sort of took it from there. So, I mean, how do you how do you approach the game? When you say analytically, but what do you, what do you mean by that? Is is this you know? Do you have a certain you know, is there is this certain stra- like set of strategies or or just what is like sort of the fundamental approach that sets you apart from others or or that you follow and you think is the right? right? I, know I mean, a, that's a very generic question, but I'm yeah, trying to it's, get to like it's, how you look at it's a very generic question, but I guess I've been playing long enough to where I could accurately assess my own skills. Um, I don't know. I I was never really that into math. Like I ended up taking pre-cal my junior high school and just didn't take calculus my senior year because I was like, oh, I'm going to be a music major. I'm not going to need math. Mm -hmm. Um, And really didn't get into math much until poker. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I guess I played drums and I played violin since I was three. And I guess people who are musically inclined have some sort of, you know, mathematical intuitive sense. So one of my skill sets is definitely live. I have a really good live feel and uh, intuition when I'm playing live where I could, I guess, deviate from the standard play or the GTO play. But I also would say that GTO and online, and that's that's where I found my success was playing online and running things through ICM calculators and doing things like that. And so I always have a solid fundamental mathematical background right. and then when my gut tells me to deviate then I'll do that and so I know you do a lot of coaching and so when a student comes to you what's typically or the most common leaks that you find people have when they come to you for the first time uh it's really different I've coached everything from 18 man sit and goes nine man sit and goes six max sit and goes MTTs uh spinning goes and things like that so it really just depends I would say I don't really deal with beginners as of late because if they do, it's right. like I probably charge too much to where it's not worth their time and they can learn the info from somewhere else. Right. Um, surprisingly, a lot of things that MTT players have problems with is still a lot of basic stuff, not knowing good shoving ranges or reshoving ranges. Uh, 
I would say people still compared to a lot of the population, a lot of professionals still have a very poor understanding of how things like poker tracker work and how they could utilize that. Mm. Like, I guess since a lot of my coaching volume has come from MTT players, like it's a lot easier for MTT players to fudge themselves and think they know what's up because they have the ran hot. And so as, as a whole, the population of MTT players are not even close to as good as, you know, the, the serious cash game players or the heads up sit and go players or anything like that. So a lot of ground could usually be covered and just going over a lot of doing, I mean, doing a ton of database work, getting them familiar with programs and things like that. Interesting. So cool. Yeah. I was going to say push fold. I mean, Ben, just working with you for a year now, um, <clears throat> I feel like push fold is the biggest problem we see in all our students. And I think, maybe where why we're so good at it i don't think i know it's just from sit and goes i mean we both started with sit and goes and did that for shoot i mean i was like five six years i think you're around the same yeah something like that and i mean that's where we got good at like that 20 you know that 10 to 25 big blind play and what we see in all our horses including derek (laughs) um (laughs) no we see we see some you know we see a lot of mistakes with like not pushing wide enough not calling wide enough um you know every which way you could look at it. Uh, yeah, like, and I guess to say what other standard leaks I would see whenever a student approaches me, I guess turn barreling frequency is probably not high enough. Uh, people typically are, are still aren't flatting the big still. line, even though that's been a thing for years. Um, and therefore, they aren't check, right, uh, check raising wide enough because uh, that kind of goes hand in hand with flatting the big line more. Um, yeah, things like that. Do you think that – or I shouldn't say do you think. Do, when, you're, when you're doing coaching, are there people – and I'm, I'm not asking this about me. I'm <laughs> asking this about people in general. <laughs> I'm asking I, like, for a friend. <laughs> yeah. a, a friend of mine wants me to ask you guys. Smelling turd. Uh, this guy I know. <laughs> like if you, have, if, you, if you work with a student who you know is just particularly not very mathematically oriented, do you – try to compensate for that? Like, or do you try to get them to work on that? Or do you just go, okay, this guy's never going to be like a math genius or never going to be a HUD like expert or whatever. Or, or do you just sort of battle through and, and get them, force them to learn those aspects of the game? I think it's probably easy to introduce subtle aspects of that and start working on Like, because if, you know, if, if someone's not a math expert, you know, we don't have to get into, okay, let's form a balanced, you know, river betting range. Uh, but it's like, okay, let's just run things in a calculator and get this to do it for you and start just with the easier math type things. Because, I mean, when it all comes down to it, I mean, poker is numbers. So uh, that's math. pretty important. Yeah. Yeah. So, Makes yeah. Sense. yeah. I mean, we're, we're dealing with that right now. Uh, we have a guy that is intuitively top notch. Like he is the goat when it comes to like timing tells, uh, stat, like just everything but the math. And we're trying to teach him that. And it is a bit of a struggle. I'd say like, I mean, Ben is way more math oriented when it comes to poker than I am. I'm more of a feel guy, but I respect the math so much where I want to learn everything about the math because I, it just like when when you put it on paper and you know why to do something because if you do it x amount of the time it works like that I don't know that works like it makes sense <laughs> um, yeah, sure. so like yeah it's been a transition like just dealing with them uh it's been really tough actually and we've talked about it for hours before um 
Because maybe it's better to just let him go on his own and keep – not let him go on his own, but just let him play the way he plays. Um, but, right. yeah, we don't really know, I guess. Um, yeah. Well, no, I think Ben should talk about his live success that he had last year. He had a really sick run. Uh, yeah, and, and actually and, – and I'd be interested to just to hear kind of how you look at, you know, breaking up live versus online. I mean, do you consider yourself more of a live guy, more of an online guy, et cetera? Okay, uh, where do you want me to start? <laughs> start with <laughs> that. <laughs> Wait, okay, so live versus online, or the live runs? Yeah, yeah, live, live versus online. online. Okay, live versus online? Uh, I don't know. I guess if I had to say something, I would say I'm more of an online person, but really I just do what I feel like in terms of... I, I look at different forms of poker, like different games, and if I get really obsessed with a game, whether it's backgammon or age of empires or starcraft i'll just really obsess over it so looking through my entire playing career uh i've you know gotten really obsessive over 18 mans and then six max hypers uh live cash live mtts online mtps online mtts spin and goes heads up sit and goes uh so i've really just sort of attacked different things and if i get really into something i have to crush it until i I guess, feel satisfied, but it's not really a calculated thing. It's just, you know, a lot last year I was playing a ton of 510 and that was fun. And then I just don't really bother. Like I haven't played a hand of cash and, you know, probably since the series. Um, so yeah, it's just really whatever I'm feeling at, at the time I get on different kicks uh, do you right feel now, you get bored? Like, sorry to cut you off, but do you feel you get bored once you like not master a game, but once you're beating it consistently? Or are you just like, oh, I'm over this now. Yeah, I'm gonna like, do something else. I I personally never experienced the feeling of boredom, but yeah, I I would say I guess it would be ridiculous for me to say that I I definitely lose interest in a format because sometimes I'll I'll be crushing a format super hard. And obviously it makes sense for me to keep grinding it at a really good hourly rate, but I just feel like doing something else. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think it's funny. Like, so your series run, whatever, Ben crushed the series. You can get into it in a second. You didn't play live. Like you played like maybe three more times until the series. That's it. Like you think you would want to go play live every day. Uh, what was your run? And like, yeah, explain the run first. Are we talking was- about 2000 and I guess it was 2015? A casino champ. Yeah. Last year. I guess that was last year. <laughs> you haven't played that much live, so other than the series. Yeah, um, I guess I had a lot of different live, like IRL stuff I was doing. But yeah, I went to go play live, and I went deep in the biggest. I think it was the biggest circuit event to date, like as far as numbers wise go. I went deep in that, busted that, and, and fired up a ring event, shipped that one, and then. I think the next day I loaded another ring event and it got the same amount of people and I ended up final tabling that and got fourth or fifth or something. And then I ended up final tabling the main for fifth, sixth or seventh, something like that. Uh, but yeah, so it was pretty good at poker. Yeah. I don't know. I could have spent <laughs> uh, it was a pretty <laughs> sick run. You got casino champ, which got you an invite yeah. to the national championship, right? Yeah, that was cool. And then how much did you play after that? Did you play any in between the series? I think the series was maybe six months after that. And I- well, the series, uh, yeah, I was living with you in Tahoe for a few of those months. Right. So right. thinking back, I 
I was playing a little bit of spinning goes, and then that's when I got bit by the live cash bug and found a really sweet 510 untapped game. Don't tell him! Yeah. <laughs> where we were at. Probably the biggest honey hole I've ever played at. <laughs> I actually didn't play it. That's how nitty I am. I stuck at the 1-2 game because it's fun. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. And so I just got really obsessive over live cash and probably end up playing as much cash, if not more, during the World Series. I end up playing a lot of 510 at the win and some at the Venetian. And I think that's a bit. That's about it as far as my, my live cash goes. But, yeah, I was playing that a lot. And I maybe went to go play a run good stop between January and the series. But, yeah, I didn't. I don't think I played any circuit stops or anything like that. Uh, explain to the nation your run good pro. Explain what that is. Uh, we're a clothing company based out of Oklahoma. And we're running tournament series that's – they are like around $600, $700 for the main events, are usually re-entries, and they're typically found in the South and Midwest, I think. Wasn't planning on plugging them, so I hope that did a good job. But yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I got to tell them what you do. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what I do. That's cool. Um, cool. One, one thing that I think would be interesting to get into also, um, because you guys have talked about working with students and whatnot, is you, you also do some backing, Correct. Yeah, I've been doing backing, I think, since 2009. Uh, I, I remember having a month that, I think it was my first 10K month. I was like, well, I could do this. And it's like I made probably <laughs> 7K from playing and then 3K from coaching and staking and stuff like that. Uh, so backing has always been an integral part of my poker playing career. It's definitely tough and you know, if someone was to say, like, hey, I want to get into poker backing, it's like you really don't know where to start. And I'd say the main reason why – the only reason why I've gotten into it and why I like it is just it's – I usually back people for the format that I'm crushing at the time, and I have a really good way of transferring that information to them. Right. And so it's just like I get paid to study, and it's great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I think it also – you know, it gets me more connected to poker as a community because obviously poker could be a little bit of a isolating game or somewhat of a selfish game. And so, you know, that general sense of, you know, helping out your community or, you know, being a part of something bigger, stuff like yeah. that. So, um, so Ben, when, yeah. when you, when you just, when you, first of all, I, I, you don't obviously don't need to share any info you're not comfortable sharing, but like, what's the typical stable size? Like, how, what kind of scale are, are people usually talking when they're backing? Is it you, know, you got two or three students that you work with, or are we talking about twenty, thirty people? Like, I, once again, you don't have to share any details. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's probably a lot of different guys that they back one or two of their friends, and then there's like big stables. Right. Uh, so there's probably a few that are in between, but you know, it's like, I don't really have, I don't do any advertising, like some of the bigger stables. I kind of let it, you know, grow organically. Right. Um, so I know at one point, you know, pre black Friday, Friday, I remember I was probably in way over my head. I just had so much going on. I was 20, 21 years old. I staked and like I staked and, or had pieces of like, around a hundred people. Wow. <laughs> it, was, it was insane. I mean, the, like the sit and goes were so easy and I could just, you know, like, Oh, do this, 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 here you go. You could win. And yeah. I would just churn out people super hard. Was that when uh, part-time poker was out? Cause that it made it really easy. Through, <laughs> it was definitely through a little bit of part-time poker. 
I was always actively trying to get people through that, through 2 plus 2. I mean, I used to... I remember seeing people that I played with in the games and be like, hey, what's up? I mean, Skype, or it's like... If I was playing the $16 18-mans, I'd drop down to the $6 18-mans and message every single one of the regs there. I'd be like, hey, add, add me on Skype. Um, <laughs> if someone was posting a lot on 2 plus 2, I'd be like, hey, it looks like you're studying a lot. Uh, if you're interested in improving your game, hit me up. You know, We could have some opportunities for you to move up, etc. I mean, I was really going after it super hard back then. And how long do people usually stay? How many do, do horses you? usually stay with the stable is this like uh do you have people who've been with you for five years or do people usually just kind of and i'm sure if people are in makeup they may stay longer but, but like is yeah what, what's mean, the lifetime of a, of a of a horse i think it depends because people are geared differently mm-hmm. i would say it's my end game goal for someone not to be back that long which is kind of a funny thing i mean definitely something that i've been realizing a lot a bit more and because poker is a little bit tougher, is I kind of just want to work with the young guys I, because they're so much more like a sponge in, in a yeah. sense. I mean, you, you, you get the pro who's 25, 26, 27 years, years old that had some success and they make bad life decisions. Um, right. Those are the guys that are the hardest to get out of the rut because they're so attached to their previous, you know, quote yeah. unquote style. Um, but yeah, I've had guys that are, that have been with me for five or six years and some of it is bankroll issues. Some of it is risk aversion. Uh, you know, I would say there's a lot of different subsets on how horses can fall on the spectrum, but I've also had horses that have been with me for one year or two year. And I had this one guy, uh, I started him with $2 rebuys and $5 freeze outs. And at the end of the year, he was beating $200 freeze outs and he was on his own it was great. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, yeah. So, it really and just depends how, on how much work they put it but in, you know. And then a, a question is, how, how often does it go bad? I mean, you hear stories <laughs> of, you know, you hear stories of stakies, you know, doing things that are not ethical and just kind of being bad nightmares first. Yeah. From, I mean, I'm sure it's, it's possible to do a business, but. It's, it's gone bad a lot. I've had a lot of money stolen from me. I've had a lot of horses just fizzle out and either subconsciously manipulate it, not manipulate it to where they're just tragic it off. Um, yeah, it's, it's gone bad quite often and definitely more so as of late, like I would say after black Friday, uh, the backing game definitely got tougher because I mean, the games, you know, probably dried up a little bit. I mean, I think poker is still very soft, but I guess as you know, new blood doesn't get added in as frequently. Uh, you can't just sit down and click buttons like you used to be able to. You actually have to put some professional effort, which right. is where I think a lot of guys have problem doing. Right. So it's gone bad a lot. And yeah. well, that all goes into the end ROI. Like at the that's end, what I'm it, saying. You yeah. still win after that. It's just you take the losses and move on. Um, yeah. So yeah. So like where backing used to be probably like you know 100% ROI plus. You know it. it Backing is probably more so falling into the standard but slightly more plus EV business venture where it's like, yeah, you could pull probably above a 20% ROI backing. But, I mean, that used to be that used to be probably insanely low back in the day. Right. You just give people money, teach them how to, how to play, they would win. Cool. Yeah. Um, and do you... Do you do you when you put together a stable like or when you're looking at someone to back? Do you look at it like a portfolio? Like, okay, well, 
Um, I, you know, I need people who focus on these games to ride out, you know, or, or playing styles to counterbalance other playing styles. I'm not sure there's much interaction between, you know, the I mean, performance of horses, but like, do you there's, try to there's, there's def- Yeah, there, there's, there's definitely a portfolio, but I mean, if I had a dollar for every guy with a 300k graph that needs backing because, you know, they fall off, like, you know, I'd be rich. (laughs) So I would say it's probably more about the person and their habits and their discipline and their backgrounds and things like that. Uh, Their ability to learn and absorb new ideas and, you know, be open-minded and things like that. Makes sense. One of the most common questions I hear um, particularly like on my Twitch stream as an example, is should I be backed or why do people choose to be backed? What, what, are, your, what are your thoughts on that? Like, what do you, I mean, I'm assuming people occasionally come to you and literally say, do you think I should be backed? <laughs> like, what, what, do you, what, what do you tell those people? I mean, I, I always just tell people it's a, you know, it's, a, it's a very like, sort of personal decision that really only you can make, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would say there's, the professional questions where it's like, okay, should I be backed? And that would be something where it's like, okay, I have a couple hundred thousand in the bank and there's these really big games. I think I'm plus EV, but I have other business opportunities I want to pursue. And, you know, if I run bad in these games and I couldn't do that, or there it's like this, you know, I'm broke or I play recreational, should I get backed? Mm -hmm. And I would say you should get backed if there's education to go along with, with it, because, I would say, I mean, there's there's hardly a poker player that I know that hasn't come up with their group of poker people. There's always someone better than them, coaching them, helping them along the way. And to have someone that is financially invested in your improvement as a player, that's something that you can be assured of that you're going to be getting good. In. I mean, I guess that doesn't really assure the horse that they're getting good information because they're backy or they're, they're like their backer could just be a trage. Um, but I mean, small at, percentage at, of the time, more often than not. Right. But at the very least, you know, it's that that's in that backers financial interest to make you a good player. You right. know, yeah, right. um, I think there's like the coaching industry is pretty messed up these days. And a lot of coaching is very bad. It's not useful. And there's incentive, like, you look at the coaching industry and say there is an incentive to withhold information. You can almost look like like a therapist. I mean, it's better if you just say messed up in the head because you keep coming back to them <laughs> yeah. and paying them, you know, hundred dollars an hour to tell them your problems. You know, it's, coaching is a little bit like that. Right. So. Right. It's a good point. I never thought of that. <laughs> well, people spend weight. I mean, people overcharge. That's what Ben was getting to. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, like people that used to beat the game and like. Oh nine can still charge two hundred an hour or something like that is a crime and it's unfair right. and there's no way I guess your average Joe would know that they don't know how to look at sharks up and go like okay this guy doctored his stats so it only has his stats up to this date or after this date um, there's a lot of things you can do it is a pretty messed up industry okay well like people overcharge and then what coaching does like by the hourly is you're pretty much selling a bottle of confidence. And it's like, okay, let's say a horse or no, it's like a student comes to me and like, hey, Ben, I want to get some coaching. I'm like, all right, it's X amount of dollars. They pay me that. And then I coach them. And 
A lot of coaching these days is done via hand history view, which I'm 100% <laughs> can say that is not the most productive way to, to, to coach somebody. And it's like the horse or, I mean, the student always feels super and, uh, amped up and motivated because they, they feel like they've acquired this new knowledge that can allow them to beat the games in a way as never before. So they end up playing their next session really mindfully, you know, really focused, you know, sitting up straight, eyes glued to the screen, just in that hungry mode. And oftentimes it's like if someone has success, like, oh, my gosh, I just got coached and I won. Oh, my gosh. You know? <laughs> right. And it's, but, like, you know, realistically, for someone to, you know, receive some knowledge and apply it, it's like, okay, maybe that actually made your game like 1% or 2%, 3% ROI better in MTTs. You know, it's not going to make that big of a di difference. But if you think you're just going through a hand history and improving a ton when you're looking at these isolated spots, I mean, that's a joke. It depends. Yeah. I I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I think it depends on your skill level. If you're like beginner to intermediate, like I think a hand history is a good way to get better. But I think once you get into, like, good to great or, like, you know, really good whatever, um, I feel like, yeah, I mean, we call it mental masturbation a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I can say that. Like, that's what it is. Like, uh, yeah. looking at hands and talking them out. There's, I think what, ben, what you wanted to say, too, is that there's way better ways to spend your time. There's much better ways to spend your time, like, what yeah. you, you know, like crunching numbers on PO Solver uh, and then what you've been doing with uh, population tendencies now. On a like Poker Tracker Four, like that was. I mean, KB, KB, you were there for that, right? Yep. You weren't talking though. I believe you were muted. Yeah, I had a plumber in my office. With okay, me. well, all right. Well, <laughs> like that was a really good session. Like yeah. I felt I got so much better seeing what other people did. Uh, like in the 1.5 million hands we had, it was nice to see what people were calling with from a 12 big blind shove from the button. Um, I feel I got much better. Like, way better than looking at a hand and going, like, well, we had A6 and open. Right. Okay. And, and the reason for that is, is like, you could easily spend 30 minutes of a coaching session that someone – like, you know, say someone just paying $100 an hour for coaching. They're spending $50 an hour of that – or $100 an hour just to talk about this four-bet hand – that's really fun and intricate and interesting to talk about, but it doesn't occur that free, like that frequently at all. You know, it's way more important that someone's you know button opening range, thirty big blinds deep on the button with antes, is appropriate because that spot is occurring way more frequently than the four, four, four in, than the four of a hand. So there's always a tendency to analyze the more interesting things that occur rather than the more boring and menial, even though that's the more important thing. It's yeah, kinda like why, yeah, it's kind of like why the news is prevalent. I mean, it's because, oh, people are only going to listen to negative news. It doesn't happen that much. People end up getting paranoid. I'm so anti-news. Like, I watch it. I'm <laughs> so anti. I'm like, I'm not watching this. Like, I don't want to know that someone got cancer. So I'm like, I don't need to hear this. Uh, <laughs> it's all negative. It just makes you feel bad about yourself. Like, no. Yeah, I mean, I hope everyone could make that, you know, jump in logic. But, yeah, it's like the same thing to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sports no. Center is okay, though. <laughs> 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 Cool. Uh, anything else before we jump into some hands, Diego? Um, oh, yeah, oh, you know what we got to do? We got to talk to the WSOP. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. The calendar was released uh, just, I think, last week, right? Um, and this is always 
my favorite time of the year, and I think uh, I'll be out there for a little while um, this year. Hopefully, you guys will too. Um, you know, we'll get into the schedule, but but first off, I guess we'll start with you, Ben. Are you planning to go? I'm sure you're planning to go back out there, but are you planning on doing a full schedule this year? What, what are you thinking in terms of the WSOP for you? Yeah, I already have a house booked out there. Got it booked for six weeks. Uh, as far as schedule-wise goes, it's probably going to be even smaller than last year. I don't know how many tournaments I played last year. Maybe like 10 to 15, but this year I maybe will play five. I, I just plan on doing a ton, ton of grinding and right. not a lot of glory chasing. Wait a minute, cause... wait a minute. What about our prop bet? <laughs> we showered that prop bet. <laughs> we did a prop bet, Diego. We put, I think we put, I don't even want to say, we put a lot of money and we spun a wheel, and it was like it turned. I remember it, this. It hit twenty-two tournaments next year at the series. That's right, I remember this. I and remember uh, this. <laughs> like we put a decent amount of money, like top cash, we like just to motivate us to play a lot. And then I think it was like a month ago we were talking, and uh, <laughs> you're so like, I want to play three tournaments. Okay. I was like, no, no, KB, I was feeling them out. I was like, damn, I don't know if I can play twenty-two. That's a lot. Like, <laughs> So I was feeling bent out to see like, where he was, and I could start to feel. I was like, okay, it doesn't sound like he wants to do this either. And then <laughs> and Ben goes like, yeah, we could just shower the prop bet all together. And I was like, yeah, yeah, done. Like, where do I start? Like, I mean, what are you thinking of doing? What are you thinking I'm, of doing this year, Mark? Are you you gonna? I mean, obviously not twenty two, but what, yeah, are you coming up I'd for the like whole thing? Play like fifty. I, I think like forcing yourself to play twenty two tournaments isn't a good idea. I yeah. could play anywhere from ten to. 25 but i'd probably say on the lower end um yeah i'm gonna pick and choose my spots i want to play a lot of sit and goes this year too because i think there's yeah good, i mean cash really, uh, i want to sprinkle around yeah it's like i guarantee you i'll, I'll be putting in 100 hour weeks in terms of work goes i'm just, it's just right. not going to be it's just not going to be in the form not going to be at the, the yeah, yeah right for yeah, sure that makes sense and what about ukb this year i know you usually take some time in between um Go back home for a little while. Are you doing that this year, or are you out for the whole year, the whole the whole tournament? Well, first of all, I want to say I'm I'm kind of bummed about the prop bet because I remember I was there when this prop bet was made, and I remember thinking yeah. I should add a, a, a stipulation that if they buy, if they try to cancel the prop bet, they have to give me money. <laughs> to, oh, man. To, make sure they couldn't, like, to make sure they couldn't just agree to cancel well, the bet. Speaking of take that, it off makeup, no, no, no. But... <laughs> Wait, wait, but speaking of that, how did we get Ben to put out his series? Because it was the same exact fucking way. Oh, that's we had to, Ben free-rolled me $200 by, I think it was March 25th, if he didn't have a series. He literally finished it two days after we did that. I was like, but I want to do this every time with him. Well, no, it's because I had I had two days to finish it. I said, I'll, I'll have a series out in February, and I did it like, like February 27th or something. No, 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 no. You had way more time. You just some reason thought you would forget. You knew you were traveling, so you got it done. We can yeah. check. It's in the chat with KB. Yeah, probably. I mean, I've I been just doing can't a lot believe. of – And it wasn't yeah. even that much money. Like, I, I wanted to do it with a small amount, Diego, so, like, he would just not do it. And KB yeah. and I would get 100 bucks each. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, whatever. Like, yeah, he got it done. So, right, but yeah, I'm, KB, you should have done that. Yeah, KB, you left money on the table. I know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so my plan is to – most likely be there the entire time. There's an outside shot I'm going to have to fly to London in the middle of it, but that's like a whole other story. Um, so, yeah, I'm actually planning to be there the whole summer this year. Um, I'm not – I'll probably play – originally I had planned to play a lot less than I had played last year, which I think last year I played 
like eight prelim events and then the main. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this year I'm actually going to end up being pretty close. Like I actually made sort of a rough schedule, and now it's it's like six prelims in the main. So I might end up actually being around the same. And I'm going to try to play more of the the daily deep stacks this year too because they're just such oh, good know, value. I think they have uh, they have a 365 turbo every day now. Yep, which is at 9 p.m. Whoa. I think. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I know where Ben will be at 9 p.m. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. If I if yeah, I don't get a hold of you, I'll just go to the Rio and see Brian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll be out there. I'm gonna do my my week. Um, I'm probably I really wanted to come out for the Colossus, and we'll talk about that. My daughter has a dance recital <laughs> that weekend, Aww. so I can't. I can't Sorry, re- honey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This this is what. I- was considering pulling that, um, but no, I'm not gonna. I, I really like the schedule that weekend, and we'll go through what's going on for you know for the serious sort of casual wreck. It's a great, great weekend um, that first weekend, but um, I'll probably come out for the second weekend, the the ninth, the tenth, eleventh, twelfth. How many days was that? Uh, I'll probably be out there for like five days. KB over under on Diego going to modern Japanese all Saturday <laughs> one and a half. How many times? <laughs> How many times? I think I'll take the over. Yeah. So no, no, no. I can't handle. I know I can't handle that much Japanese. Food. I mean, like we we ate. I, I cannot tell you how full I was after <laughs> at that place, and how it was brilliant. It was fantastic food, but that brilliant. that's like a, that's like that'll 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 just like make you stationary for two days, and that's what it did to me. But I'm sure it'll be a PT's pub five times if I'm there for five yeah, days. Yeah, like the thing. Yeah, the thing about the food is. is like I almost thought about making a budget for food as ridiculous as it sounds because it's it's really yeah. easy to spend like three thousand dollars on food, yeah. Yeah. you know, throughout the series because it's the food there is awesome. That's probably low to some people and that's probably high for some people, but I mean, you know, somewhere Carlos is ridiculous. having a heart attack right now. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Carlos' budget for food for the year. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the series itself, though, because I think there's a lot of new stuff. Um, I think they've done. I'll go out and say some positive changes. Um, I want to get your your guys' takes on it, but a cu- before we even get into the actual new tournaments, there's uh, some like structural enhancements that they've they've included. So first off, and you guys may not know all these things, so I'll just get your your first time reaction too if you haven't read about it. Um, so first off, they're paying out about 15% of the field in most events, um, which is up from the 10% standard. Um, I personally like that. I think it's good to keep the money flowing in the economy. Um, but I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Uh, for me, like, I understand why professional poker players will be upset about that. But as somebody yeah. who, I guess, for for many reasons, cares more about the, like you said, the poker economy growing and players having more money to reinvest in playing more poker, I, I think it's a good decision for the WSOP. Yeah. But I de- but I I completely get why there will probably be pros who go meh. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, these sort of things, if anyone ever asked me, it's like, I never care. It's just yeah. whatever, it happens. <laughs> That's and a great I, answer. <laughs> I could probably say it has this effect and that effect. And yeah, sure, objectively, it's probably better for the long-term sustainability of the poker economy. But it's just, you know, if something good happens, something bad happens, I'll just adjust and yeah. whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the right attitude because it is what it is, right? So you just have to figure out what's the best strategy now that the the numbers are what they are. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, and um, I actually like it too. If anyone cares, you <laughs> don't. <laughs> Next question. Better answer. So, <laughs> like just pass like, through Mark because I haven't been on podcast for. All right, Mark, you can go first on the next one, okay? Okay, okay, thank you. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, the the money will since since the payouts are there's more payouts. It looks like the, you'll begin into the money on day one, which. Okay, Mark, what do you think about that? Wait, wait, what? Say it again? So it looks like because they're paying out more of the field, um, and there's some changes to – I think they're starting earlier, um, the tournaments, uh, which we can get your opinion on well, that, too. I, I hate that. I think yeah, they're starting at 11 a.m. I absolutely like to go to the that. gym and eat. Like, I, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Almost but, can't move my entire trip. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty so, annoying. I mean, dude, we're – Poker players, like ninety oh, percent, yeah. are just lazy sacks of shit. The um, idea of having to be up at like nine thirty, like, want, makes me want to throw myself off the roof of the Rio. Swan dive. <laughs> Swan dive. In Wait, no but pool. so are they paying out at end of day one? You're saying like you get yeah, money? pretty much. Yeah, you get into the money. Most most of them will get into the money on on day one. Oh, I think that's so cool because all the fish are going to be playing so tight at the end of the night, and I'm just going to blast off. I love it. Uh, yeah, I, I thought, think that's awesome. That's, <laughs> that's actually reason. Like, see, I'm already thinking about strategy. You get that? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if I haven't really seen too many people's reactions to that that part of it, but it, that's got to be kind of good for grinders because it means you don't have to come back and like. You know, you're not going to bag 12 chips and come – 12 chips, 12 big lines, and, and you're not in the money and have to come back and play the next day at, like, 2 or 3 or whatever and miss that, day, that day's noon event. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of a cool I guess people aspect. will get better sleep. Yep. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing they cashed. Yeah. True. Not being stressed out about it. <clears throat> and then um, there's some – Sorry, go ahead, Kimmy. Oh, I was just gonna—I was gonna ask Mark if he was upset about one of the biggest rule changes that'll probably. Hold on, wait, wait for this. Go ahead. It's gonna be a joke. Well, I saw that they they banned booster seats. Man, <laughs> <laughs> hey, why the fuck are you laughing so much? <laughs> and Diego, you'll be right next to me in your booster seat. We've already. <laughs> no, no, I have polar hair. What if they couldn't do that? They could not do that. <laughs> Don't worry, Mark. You can bring. No, your... I know. I I believed you for a second. I got a little nervous, but there's no way they could do that. So I'm good. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dick. All right, and then finally, in case he's not on the podcast, and I still got to eat shit. <laughs> I love it. He's been. Oh no, he's been feeding lines the whole time. <laughs> You're in a secret Skype chat yeah. with him. Yeah. He's like, yeah, call him a midget now. <laughs> ben, Ben, this is your first time. This is what always happens. So if you want to join in, go ahead. <laughs> got it. Got it. Uh, uh, okay, and then and then finally, uh, structurally, there's also going to be five times the starting chips for the. Let's see. The, Let's see, is that for all or for the 10? Sorry, I should have read that first. I know the main event is now 50 yeah, right? main is five times, and I'm not sure if the other ones Well, are, they so. changed that last year where I think everything was five times, right? Like, weren't things 7,500? Yeah, yeah okay, so they're all five times now. And so the 5K is, and the 1Ks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So they're all five times, and now the main event is five times two. Wow. And how do you feel about that, Ben? That's a lot of <laughs> chips. I, I enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because it, it, I'm good yeah. at, yeah, it's just more plus EV. You're going to have a higher BB per 100, more room to adjust, more room to be patient. Although, I don't know if the impact is as big as you think, because the first, I mean, they changed the, the blind levels, too. So the first blind level is 75-150. It's not, was it 25-25 or 25-50 for the first one? No, you just start as, fi- as 51. 
Yeah. Eastern Star is 51. That's right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, obviously not greatly increased, but the, but they, they introducing anti after level, uh, in, in level three. So, I mean, that's so like a uh, WPT cool. structure. Yeah. It's 75, 150 for level one, 150, 300 for level two, 150, 300, 225 anti for level three, and then so on and so forth. It, you know, goes up, up, up. So, they yeah. I mean, yeah. I, 100, 200. They did, which is interesting. Um, 30. Yeah. So, and it then, um, yeah, I, I don't think, yeah, I think, I think there's, it's not as big an impact, but I think yeah. people just like having all those chips. They, yeah, it's still gonna be the most amazing tournament that you can play yeah. all all year, no matter what. So whatever. So there are a couple of new events. Um, there's a 1K top up turbo. Have you guys heard about this at all? It's it's a it's a two day event, 20 minute levels, and you can boost your stack with paying an extra let me get you the exact detail there. you pay an extra it's like another 1K. 1k yeah yeah or you play a satellite and the satellite winner gets the extra <laughs> chips it's kind uh, of a yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm confused <laughs> yeah uh yeah so you basically you win a single satellite turbo uh uh, uh satellite single table satellite for an additional 5k and starring tips or you purchase the additional 5k and starring, t- starring chips for five for 1k sounds like it's, so much work i just want to sit down and play poker yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make it hard. all right all right so that one that one uh not too good of reaction <laughs> sorry wsop um there's a 2k no limit hold, hold them event number 23 on june 15th um there's also a just, 2k right or no 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 there's been the there's you know, a 3k yeah, it's been a 1K, one. And it's 2500. They still have the 2500. They, there's been 2500, and I believe there's still one this year. Okay. Yeah, I just see a 2500. But I think that is the first time I've seen a 2K. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, no, it's definitely new. That's 2K cool. is new. So that's a new price point. Um, you know, I'm not going to get too much into the mixed games. We talk, you know, we we talk about mostly no limit holding, but there are, there are a lot of. Uh, there's a new triple draw, mixed triple draw low ball. There's a new. Um, no, no limit and pot limit Omaha uh, combined 1.5k. There's, there's, a, and then there's this. I think this was there last year, but um, the crazy eights. Did you guys play that last year? Was it, was it no, they eights? had the, like the seven 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 last seven, year. Seven, I guess this, this oh, okay. year's eight eight eight. Yeah. Yeah, and it's eight handed. Um, that's, so that's awesome. I think people are really gonna like that. Yeah. And it's eight hundred eighty eight eight hundred eighty eight thousand eight hundred eighty eight dollar guarantee. Um, so it's Obviously, crazy eights. That's the promo, um, yeah. and then and then what's I think really going to get excite people is a one k tag team tournament. Yeah, two, that's, that's two to be. four person teams, one um, k per team. Uh, I think I think there's some sort of gaming possible here. I think you person just has to like play one orbit, so you could like have a pro and a non pro and like. <clears throat> get to the final table, bring the pro in, or, or, or something along, along those lines. But Wait, I mean, I you mean like, they can't differentiate between who's a pro and a non-pro, or, like, who's a winner? No, 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 no. I, I mean, like, you could, I guess you could play it yourself and sort of strike a deal with a pro that if you make the final table, they come in and take over. Um, mm. But I guess that's Oh, yeah, 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 that's cool. You know, I guess you could do that if you... It's fun. <laughs> yeah. But you have to register together, so... Yeah, so it's, it's kind of like live ghosting. Yeah, exactly. So you can be like, listen, I know you're not interested Legal in this tournament. Legal ghosting. Yeah, you're not oh, interested in this ghosting. tournament, but but register this with me, and if I get super deep, you can come in 
and take they're, it really, they're definitely meeting the players' needs on this one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I want to. I want to. Yeah, I want to play that one. I just can't find anybody who is willing to play with somebody as nitty as me. That's my problem. <laughs> oh, that could be good though. Like you and Big Dog would make probably the greatest team ever. Like just get a big stack and then pull Casey out and be like, all right, Derek. Get to the final table. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, thinking about your strengths and weaknesses, that's that's an interesting way to approach it, right? I don't Not know if Derek like wants to do that, though, because he could be out, like, by level two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I, say, like, I wish I could be a fly, fly on the wall hearing all the different people, like, argue, argue with their team on, like, some hand they played. I mean, it's just going to be hilarious. Like, the chatter in the hallways. Is oh, that God. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be in the hallway, Derek. Earmuffs that week. This one's yep. going to be just, you know, insufferable. It's just going to be sick. Yeah. And, and you can't, just to be clear, too, you could tag a teammate anytime you're not in a hand. So you can't, like, change out in the middle of a hand. Um, so that I think we were, earlier talk, we were wondering about that. Yeah. No, that's um, going to be yes, fun. I think, yeah, I think that's going to be pretty cool, actually. I'm kind of pumped about that. Yeah. It's kind of cool, too, because it's like you... You know, like say, you, let's say you put a four-person team together. You only put in 250 each, so you could almost kind of look at it as just, like, a fun... Right, like a fun. Yeah, game, it's you know? like I, I would say in general, po- poker needs a lot of novelty type aspects, and this this is a good tournament for it. So yeah, so those are the new ones. Um, a lot of the big popular ones that have been introduced over the last couple of years are coming back. So obviously the Colossus, it's a seven million guarantee. I believe its first place is guaranteed one million this year. Um, that's the kickoff weekend. Uh, that'll be a madhouse. I didn't play it last year, but did. I'm assuming, did you guys play it? Was it as crazy as... I passed it. I mean, I I wasn't. There's just no way I'm going to... I don't know. I it's played just... it, and, like, yeah, I waited in a long line. I'm just old. I'm yeah. not doing that. Like, yeah. Let me register online for it. I'll buy four yeah. bullets right now so I don't have to go stand in a line for 45 minutes. I mean, minutes. you, you could have done that. that. Yeah, I could have? Like, <laughs> yeah, you definitely could have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but the thing was, didn't you have to do it months before there was a date? Like, I'm not even sure. I'm not even Mr. Sure. Procrastinator made it one TPE vid in 10 years. <laughs> I can't see shit. I think I'm just going to fire one bullet at it, so I don't have to worry about like getting back in line and stuff. I'll register right. like two you days before. You sound like a bitch, right? <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. I don't want to do that. I just want to play. I'm with, I'm with Derek. I want to play. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be a good value tournament, but, I mean, just people need to look at it for the EV of what it is. It's like if you're a good winning tournament player, like your EV in that tournament is, you know, well above 100%. So it's like every yeah. time you play it, you're going to make, you know, 700 bucks, something like that. Right. You know? More. Right. <laughs> yeah. More. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that um, looks disappointing to me, I'd have to look back at last year's schedule, but I think they did not fix the online uh, <laughs> structure, which is a real bummer. Remember the day before? They're like, actually, you can have four people playing at your house, because we were all worried. They're like, only one person per uh, yeah. IP yeah. address, and we're like, well, this is stupid. Like, There's four of us living together, like 90% <laughs> of everyone who goes out there. And then the day of, or like the night before, they're like, actually, all of you can play, because they knew they weren't going to hit the guarantee. Yeah, they weren't hit the guarantee, otherwise. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the structure was not particularly good, and it looks like it's not particularly good again. Yeah, it doesn't shock me. Whatever. I'll still play. Um, Yep, moving on to the next weekend, the Millionaire Maker is back. Um, obviously, during the course of the week, there's a lot of mixed game tournaments. Uh, you know, it looks like there's what they what they've done and sort of stabilized on is sort of like there's two world series going on. There's like the 10Ks and then there's like the 1 and 1.5Ks. Um sort of like the the yeah. 
for the, the, the you know the expensive big name pro well, not big name pros but just the high rollers versus the more casual and everyday people have ten thousand dollars to blow yeah <laughs> and that's that's really all they want to do yeah and you know what I think that's that's good I mean I I remember they've been they've been tweaking and experimenting experimenting with this for a while to kind of see what the right balance is and for a while there were a lot of like three point five there were less one there were less low buy in and more like middle range you know three k 5Ks, 2.5Ks, and now it looks like they just really realized they got to blast all these 1Ks and 1.5Ks because that's what people want. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's good. Yeah. Yep. Did, did they have a BB500? Or well, like, was that last year? I don't remember. You mean everyone the, uh, always hated the jump BB400 to BB6? Oh, 500. Um, I thought they added that last year, but I wouldn't know. I don't remember. It wouldn't be 100. percent They do have the 500 level. Um, I'm just looking at a random 1.5K. Yeah, I'm um, saying they do have it in the main. I don't know about the small. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm yeah, just looking at event, I'm just looking at event six, one point five k no limit, on Monday, June sixth. Right, that's as pretty standard as it gets. And they got the two fifty five hundred seventy five anti level, so they have that. Um, yeah, so moving on. To, yeah, so moving on to that next week, the second weekend, the Millionaire Maker is during that weekend. Um, so that one usually gets a lot of people as well. I'll, that's the weekend I'll probably be out there, so be hanging out with you guys. Um, Nah. Uh, eh, maybe. <laughs> let's see. Let's see me first. <laughs> um, the following weekend is a bunch of the senior stuff. Um, so they have the 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 one k seniors championship where it's for fifty and over on the Friday, the June seventeenth, and then the super seniors. That? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Ben, I'm just gonna cue it up. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. No, no, no. He'll be too busy. He's playing the super seniors event on the Sunday. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that'll be uh, full of seniors that weekend. You guys would be so, so jealous if I could play the seniors event. <laughs> uh, yes. No, yes. because I'll just buy all your action. <laughs> no, that's one that I would never sell action to, and I'm not. I'm not joking. Remember, there was somebody at the TP meetup last year. Was like, yeah, I sold some action for the seniors event, and we're like, why? <laughs> yeah, I remember we had like a three-hour conversation. We're like, don't yeah. ever do that again. <laughs> In fact, I think you might have said. I think you might have said something to that person like, "If you want to sell next year, I'll take all of it." Just no, like, I gave yeah. him my. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I know exactly who it was too. And yeah, you, I think you fucked up my. I keep swearing. I'm sorry. It's because I had two beers. <laughs> I uh, no, I think you came in and screwed up my deal. You're like, "Oh, I wouldn't sell for that." And I was like, "Thanks, Derek." <laughs> Basically, <cock> me. <laughs> So they have this year the Summer Solstice event, which is 90-minute levels, and it literally says 90-minute levels, five-day event. This event structure has the same effect as Monster Stack event in terms of extra value with 50% longer levels, but they also have the Monster Stack. So are they, just, are they just... Hopefully we just, feel like all the hippies come out with their crystal car protectors. Summer Solstice? <laughs> it's like 888. That's awesome. I'm, I'm just trying to understand. Is this basically they just have the... Well, I guess the monster stack is the same 60-minute levels, but this... Okay, I get it. So the monster stack is 15K starting chips, 60-minute levels. The summer solstice event is 7.5K starting stack, but 90-minute levels. So they're saying basically it's the same thing. They're just giving two deep Do stacks. Do they still have the anti-only event? Uh, you know what? They do not... I don't think so. That's always been fun, and that one is always on, like, the weekend of uh, EDC, 
and yeah. so it's just like all of the pros are just gone. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, no, uh, quick scan. I mean, no, I doesn't. I could be wrong. There's a lot of events to scan through, but I don't. I don't see it. I yeah. didn't see it at all when I was reading through this earlier. So no, they don't have it. Um, yep. So then the following, the next weekend is the monster stack. Um, and once again, a bunch of 1Ks and 1.5Ks. There's a 1.5K bounty. And then you're leading up into getting closer to the main event. Um, the weekend before the main event is the Crazy 8s that we talked about. And then they're doing, then the, then the tag team is the Wednesday before the main event. Um, then before we talk about the main event, they're actually doing the one drop, the little one for one drop after the main event this year. Um, yes. What are you guys' thoughts on that? <laughs> I won't be playing it. Yeah, be out of, I mean, well, be out once, of there already. Once I bust the main, it's, yeah, it's good game. Yeah, <laughs> like what, there's no way I can. I, can go sit down. <laughs> I just couldn't go sit down at a one k. Yeah, I mean after that, like it's just you're just too bummed out. Right, right. Depends well, how maybe, you bust. Yeah, yeah, true. Now, I, I remember last year, people. I remember, Sorry. yeah, I remember last year after the main. I, I forget who it might have been, like maybe even Ben or Ryan or somebody was like, "Yeah, we're gonna play this." Like win one k or whatever uh, after the main. I'm like nope. <laughs> I remember I busted and I got my flight today. I mean I punted though, so I was out. <laughs> okay, but like yeah, you should look at that as as a strong point. I mean, definitely. Usually every post slim you go to any circuit stop, even like the three sixty five post slim after the sixteen seventy five main, people are just oi. Mm-hmm. And you know if people if you just aren't a mental game fish and you could focus. You know, like the EV of that tournament goes way up. I mean, I, I typically don't don't play that one because of the rake, and you know, showers that, and I don't like how WSOP treats the whole rake system, and they use it for their you know donations or whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I mean, as far as a post slim, I mean, you know, people are going to be playing way worse. I mean, Assassinato one 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 year he busted the main on day two, registered the two thirty five, and just grinded it and shipped it. I mean, yeah, but just... okay, Assassinato was out there a week. Like, I get it. Like, if he was out there a month and a half, I'm doubting he put registered. Yeah, I mean, but... I mean, that's that's definitely something I've observed myself. I mean, I, I agree with you. Too. Yeah, I definitely knew there was a problem when it's like you know. I'm playing these 365s events, and all of a sudden I'm like, usually if I'm playing a 365 or a circuit stop, and I'm at the main main event, I'm all geared up, I'm focused in, you know, I'm feeling good. But then I saw myself, you know, in the middle way through through the series, and a $1,500 event felt like a 365, and I just wasn't focusing or not paying attention. I'm like, yeah, this is bad. Mm-hmm. I need to like take a few days off. No, and I think you're right. I think it is a leak that I personally like would bust the main and then not play something after. Like I think. Like, you see guys like Dube, too, like, staying all the way out to the Venetian stuff, and, like, who wants it more? Um, <laughs> I totally get it. Um, yeah, I respect I, that, too. I think it's, it is targeted to more, more of the people who are coming out for the main event, and, you know, you, bust, you come out just for the main event, and if you do bust, if you're only there for that, it is nice to have something else to play. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's probably geared for that yeah. crowd more than for you guys, anyway. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I do agree with Ben. I, mean, I think there's probably great value there for sure. Um, but I think you also have to kind of know yourself. Yeah, for sure. That's, well that's enough. important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the most important. <laughs> Unless Ben wants to put me in it, and then I'll play it later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's past. <clears throat> cool. And you know, uh, I, think I it's don't a cool think... schedule, though. It looks like a fun schedule to me. 
Yeah, the only other thing I want to say is I don't think they're doing the on. I mean, they're doing the online bracelet, but I don't think they're bringing people in to for live. finish it up live. Yeah, it looks like it's uh, day one is the only. There's one, it's a one day event, and it says uh, play until winners reach. Can all play this year as contested using the online software at wsop.com in Nevada. So cool. So um, it's an online tag team event. It's an right? on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Unlimited number of team members. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to it, and it's going to be exciting to go out there and play and just hang out with you guys. So, I and, uh, my... bo- they got the bounty again this year too, which I was really. They do have. Back. They do have the bounty. Yep. One thing I want to say is like I think it's good to obviously advertise for the Dubsop at the Rio, but I think like, like Ben, you should talk about like some of the value stuff, especially for like the TP community who's like yeah, doesn't want to come out there and blast like a thousand. Here and there, like, I mean, I'll just say Planet Hollywood has an amazing series they run the entire time. Ben, you played a lot of those events last year. Yeah, I mean, I'll just play where there's value. Like, I passed the the, uh, 1500 WSOP 6 Max to play the 1K at Binion's, you know, like. (laughs) That is hard, because Binion's (laughs) is a dump. I love Binion's, it's my favorite casino, but it is a dump. Um, yeah, I mean, and then also, like, for those who really want to value hunt, I even played a 365, 100K guarantee at the Gold Nugget, and there was an overlay. So there you go. Yeah, Ben, I will give you credit. You were the overlay hunter last year. <laughs> you always texted me, like, what's that? Up? Oh, the M does a good series, too. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff to play with. The M, the M is not that good. Like, it was super good two or three years ago. But, I mean, it definitely toughens up, but, like, the sweet thing is, is they have guaranteed, like, satellite players at your table, and you start with 30K, and so you have people that won through, like, a cruise ship or slot machines, and they're, like, they're forced to play. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it's amazing, but it definitely gets pretty tough deep now, so that that one's kind of whatever. But then, like, the Wynn has a bunch of good events. Uh, I already said Planet Hollywood. What else? What other casinos? Oh. Binions does a good series. The Nugget does a good series. They have a different series. Um, ba, ba, ba. There's a bunch more casinos. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, uh, but there's, Venetian. Uh, no. Know, we're going Venetian, to ask Ty Adelson. kidding. I mean, oh, I may play Venetian, but I'm not going to tell everyone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not tell right. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, get out there. We have a TP party we'll be posting uh, at some yep. point. In the forums, it's a good time. Me and KB usually fight, have a bunch of beers. <laughs> ben will join in too. Hopefully, Diego's there. Yep, absolutely. And shuffleboard. Yeah, we we need to do it so Diego's there this year, Derek. You always do it on a day he's not there, and it pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty locked in for that second week. So, the second weekend. So let's do it then. All right, so oh. second week. <laughs> we'll shoot for then. Good. We'll all still be fresh. Nobody be that tilted. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Right. Right. Cool. Well, let's. Uh, why don't we shift over to some hands and do a little strategy uh, before we, we uh, say goodbye? Let's do it. Cool. All right. So let's grab, let's get these hands. All right. Okay. So this uh, this first hand is actually a hand that I played. So you can bet that there are a lot of mistakes in it. So get ready. <laughs> um, I really wanted to, to say, the man on podcast yeah. is great. <laughs> I really just wanted to say badly at the end of you saying a hand that I played. <laughs> just scream badly. Pain train. Always one of those guys in every bunch. <laughs> All right, so this first hand is from a tournament that I played actually on America's Card Room. 
Uh, we're pretty deep because the blinds are 1250 and 2500. I start this hand with 20 big blinds. Uh, just just barely under 20 big blinds. So you mean you're deep in the tournament, right? You're not. Correct, deep. correct. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. All right, got it. Yeah. And um, for what it's worth, Villain has about the same, just slightly more. He starts just over 20 big blinds. Uh, so we have the ace four of clubs, uh, and we are in the big blind? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's three folds. Middle position one, who is the villain in his hand, min raises. And it folds to us in the big line, like I said, with ace four of clubs. And I assume we all can agree that we are calling here? Well, actually, I shouldn't say that because I think there's an argument for maybe jamming, too. So let's talk about that. Ben, what do you think? Uh, well, first, what are the stack size that he's opening it into? Because that sort of affects his range. Uh, that's a good point. There are... Cutoff actually... has 55 big blinds. Yeah, and the button's um... very short. The button has three and a half big blinds. Small blind has 10. <clears throat> yeah, so he's yeah. opening and into, like, pretty short stacks. Well, position has 20. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously a huge stack, but then, uh, like, some pretty short stacks that he has to call, I guess, is the way to look at it. Right, so that, that probably tightens up his range a little yeah. bit. Yeah, well, I think that's a good place to start, though. Like, so if I'm playing this hand, uh, I'm going to start with thinking about Villain's opening range, and I'm going to say it's pretty tight, so I wouldn't jam here. Rejam. Yeah. Um, I think our hand. I think our hand plays fine post, especially that it's suited. I probably wouldn't jam like a six off, unless like I had a read on the villain that he was opening. I don't know, unless he was super aggressive, but I, I just doubt that with the stacks behind. And he has a big stack too behind him. Um, yeah. So yeah, and like a ten big blind stack, a four big blind stack. So yeah, I'm with Ben. Like I think he's opening pretty tight, so I think flatting here is optimal. Yeah, it seems like an ace ten fives type spot as far as our jamming range jamming range. Yeah. yeah I was going to yeah. ask that what do you guys think we should be jamming there ace 10 off yeah I think that's reasonable okay. ace um, 9 suited and then what about pairs Ben stardust yeah like fives <sighs> god would I jam twos here yeah I'm probably right yeah so fives plus ace 10 king queen suited we're going with king queen off we can flat or king maybe both we flat yeah, it's either or, I would it's say. Splitting hairs there. And what about, like, King Jacks and stuff? Just flat? Yeah, I think it's good to have some of those in our flatting range. Okay. What do you guys think, just funny, what is what is his, if you guys ship, like, what's his what's his calling range? Like, what is he, what is he opening with the intention of getting in? Well, I think he's going to have a calling, a calling range. Obviously, he's calling the button who has four big lines with whatever he's opening with. I think the right. small yeah. line... Um, yeah. like there's different, you know, obviously different stack sizes that he's going to call. So no, I mean primarily against you. Yeah, guys. I, 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 I imagine he's opening like 17 percent and calling like the top 10 percent. And what's the bottom of 17 percent? Like that has a lot. I mean, like a lot of. I mean, like a seven suited, a six suited. Is that too wide? That may be a bit too wide. It depends what 17 percent you're talking yeah. about. I'm just imagining it's going to be more ace heavy. Uh, right. I mean, if I'm, certainly if I'm villain, like, I'm probably opening, like, A7 and just saying, well, I'm going to call the button and just fold everybody else, including the small blind who has 10.3 bigs. Yeah, like, is, that, think, is that reasonable? Think, no, no, which I think is totally reasonable, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'd probably call, like, maybe raise, call A9 plus. Yeah, but then again, like, I'm going to shove some of those. 
Yeah, it's like something like a set, set like a seven offsuit would be at the bottom end of seventeen percent, but I think people might be more inclined to be opening things like Jack Ten suited, Queen Jack suited, and have that in their seventeen percent rather than some offsuit aces. And it, they probably time. should have the offsuit aces, but you're. I mean, I think both. It just kind of depends. People are gonna you know break the ranges down differently, etc. So. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. Wait, so what were you asking again, though? We didn't answer Diego's question. So we're just trying to find out, like, what he's going to be opening, what he's going to be calling. And, yeah, so yeah, right, back exactly. to his calling. Um, 10%, basically. 20, 20 bigs. I mean, it's probably even tighter than that. Yeah. Like, ten, I'm not calling ace-10 suited plus. I'm probably, right. like, ace-jack suited plus. Yeah, so, like, so probably something like 8 Eight percent where you call calling sixes, ace ten suited, ace jack off. That sounds reasonable. Is, is, what's eight percent? So you said sixes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's where it felt to me like six, eights feel good. Sevens start to feel not so great, and sixes where I I start looking at yeah. not cutting the range off. Mm. Okay. I, I'm always curious about that because I hate getting in that situation. Yeah. But I think like like the sorry to cut you the oh, the middling I think like the king x's and stuff that he has here like if he has like king ten and stuff I think those play much better as just an open rip for him yeah um, is he middle position middle position middle, one he's got twenty bigs yeah I mean middle position one we're full ring okay fine so yeah. I guess that's the hijack? Is that what they call them? Poker tracker? I guess so. Ben. Yeah. No, <laughs> the ben here. What, like, what is it exactly? No, it's it, under it, the gun three, right? Yeah, but it's right before the cutoffs in the in the hand history, so it must be the hijack. So it's the hijack. So it's the hijack. Yeah. Then like, uh, I think I'm gonna like be open jamming king jack o, and I mean I'll probably raise fold king. I'll probably raise call king queen to the small blind button, and raise fold king queen to Derek if he did rejam. Yeah, it kind of depends. Like, I think people on WPen definitely aren't calling twenty big blind jams properly at all. It's it's definitely hard to quantify which how it's going to play better or not. I mean, jamming there certainly isn't bad. I mean, that's going to be fine. And like Nash wise, um, yeah. So it just kind of depends. I think either or is fine. But I, I would say like when we're assuming someone's range, we should probably never assume they're jamming king ten. Uh, oh, know? absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. So let's. Um, so I, I apt to flat in the big line with my ace four of clubs. Uh, so we go to a flop, and the flop is four six six uh, with one club, six of clubs. Jin. Yeah, it feels like a pretty good flop. Yeah. Um, so thoughts here? I mean, checking or I don't really see a whole lot of value in leading, but maybe you guys will think differently. Before they answer, with probably the right answer, I would agree with you. <laughs> I'll just rather well, I agree okay, with you. Okay, but let's take it a step further. What hands would we lead here, if any? I certainly probably don't have a leading range here. Yeah, so yeah I don't think start. I do either. But uh, I think like 5-7 and like 7-8. I don't know. I probably like those as check shoves way better. But yeah. I think it's interesting to think about at least. Mm. Although it's not something – I don't lead much – uh, which is probably a leak anyway. But yeah, Ben, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I don't, in this specific spot, I, I wouldn't say I have much of a donking range. And, like, we could obviously construct a balanced one. And because of the fact that the field doesn't really encounter 
donks that often might be a good argument for us to construct a balanced donking range and then seeing how people respond. Um, like having like, some sixes in that would be kind of cool to like, I, I don't know, like we don't have sevens or anything. So like, what, what is our value? I'm getting, like, we can't have, like, is, are we going to have two pair in our range here? Like in our donking range or yeah. just like heavy six X and then like gutters open-ended. Right. I mean, the fact that we're flatting so wide, I, I think it makes a lot more sense for Villain to just, like, allow him to bet. Because, like, we're sort of at the top of our range at this point, and I think Villain's going to be C-betting, maybe even over C-betting on a board yeah. like this. Especially on 466 uh, yep. Rainbow. Yeah, I agree. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, donking's yeah. out of the question. Okay. So... That's good because I checked, um, <laughs> and then Damn. and then villain bets uh, two point six big, so uh, into a into a pot of five point three big, so basically exactly a half pot. And this is kind of where I think there's a couple of different options because I can certainly see um, raising, but I can also see just calling. My only worry is that like we were going to hate almost. Well, we're not going to hate every turn, but we're not going to like most turns. Um, like because it's almost always going to contain an overcard. Thoughts? Yeah, but you have like the the key overcard, so you're not true. I'm not, about, I'm not worried about turns that much. That's a good point, especially if we put him on like heavy. We were saying earlier that his hand is a lot of ASX or or can yeah contains some ASX. I mean, I'm not going to like kings or queens on the turn, but obviously aces are good for us, and most turns are not going to hurt. Right. And if it's a, and if it's a club, it's even be, you know it's fine. It's even better. I I think like when you rate like, I mean we're like if I'm gonna check raise here, I'd like to know I can get called by worse, and yeah. it, it it just depends on this player's skill set. I think like there's merit in check raising here against really good players, who will like try to be heroes with, uh, you know, ace kings, ace queens, no pair, mm. type hands, uh. Yeah, I'd be lying if I didn't like check jam this some of the time, but I think check calling is probably the best line. Okay. Yeah. Especially with backdoor flush. I think if this was a button versus big blind scenario, or possibly even like a wide cutoff versus big blind scenario, check raising would be the play. Um, even the general the general population folds to check raises on paired boards like you know seventy percent of the time, so everyone's way and balanced. Um, in terms of betting, and so like when they bet, and if we made it full pot, so if they just bet, you know, one into two, and then we made it three, um, you know, it only needs to work fifty percent of the time or more to break even or show a profit. So the fact that people are bet folding like seventy percent of the time on paired boards is pretty, is pretty sweet. So it's like this is probably like paired, paired boards in this scenario. It's probably a spot where we could be just ever so slightly in balance towards bluffs. I was going to say, uh, like, if that's the case, we should just have all bluffs here when we check raise. Yeah, like, yeah, probably, like, probably not all bluffs, but, that, that, like, but that, definitely mostly bluffs, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I think we definitely should mix in some value. But, yeah, this hand for me, it's, it's going to be definitely a check call. But check raising and check call donk leading turns sort of have the same effect. And I could see myself doing that on a lot of turn cards. But <laughs> I would definitely just be check calling here. Okay. Cool. That is exactly what we did. 
Um, oh, pat yourself on the back more, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm good. All the splits are paying off. <laughs> um, so we go to a turn now with a pot of about 10.5 bigs. Um, so we each have about 15 behind. Uh, and we see a turn of the king of clubs. So now the board reads four, six, six, king with two clubs. We have the ace, four clubs. So bottom pair and now the nut flush draw to go with it. And... Uh, is this is this the kind of card like you you mentioned Ben that you're you are sometimes going to to donk turn is this like the perfect card to do it on or not because uh, the fact that we turn the nut flush draw probably not um, I don't really see a lot of better hands that we would get to fold like we go check call lead I mean I would assume that most over pairs that C bet are calling. Mm-hmm. And then we're blocking some ace highs, so we're not really going to get a lot of calls from ace high hands. And, and we don't need to protect because we have the club draw now, so it's not like we need a lead here to protect our equity. Right. 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 Um, yeah, Derek, I want to ask you before anything else, uh, so what is your plan here? I played this hand a while ago, but as I remember it... Well, we're playing it now. Yeah, I, I think... <laughs> I, like, I think my intention was to, to like, check shove this turn. And I don't know if that's terrible, because, like you said, we we pretty much just get called when we're beat. I mean, although we do have, obviously... No. Outs. Uh, I... Okay, go ahead, finish, sorry. I was going to say, so, I mean, obviously <laughs> we have outs, but I feel like we essentially... Well, no, that's not true. We 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 probably do fold out a lot of like middling pairs and stuff, like fives and eights and stuff, possibly when we check jam. A lot of those are going to check back. Is the problem? Um, yeah. But some of the time they're going to bet for sure. Like, why not? Uh, I mean, you don't have too many king x floats in your range, other you know, other than like king four or whatever. Um, right. Yeah, I like your reason. I, I think check shove would be. I don't know. I'm kind of torn here. Like, I kind of like check shoving because we can get better to fold and we can protect our equity. And if we get called and we're beat, we have a ton of equity. Um, I have a feeling Ben's going to say check call again. Uh, Diego, what do you think? Uh, I would would check call here. And I think the reason is that I think it leaves – trying to figure out the stacks here, but I think it – I think it gives him a good size to try to bluff the river. Oh, so it, you're going to hero. I mean, that's okay. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm saying you're going to call river. You're going to check call turn and then check call river. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to – yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm setting that up because I think I, – I find it – if I bet here, um, I'm not sure I'm going to get called. Um, by well, verse. I'm not saying – yeah, if you lead, you mean – if you're – Yeah. Like, yeah, if I lead, yeah. Um, um, and if I check shove, I think I'm just going to – not get any more equity, get anything out of this pot when I'm ahead. Yeah, but um, we don't necessarily need to now. The pot's pretty big. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. probably going to rep the king uh, a decent amount of the time. Uh, yeah, I think like he would rep like most, over, not most over cards, but certainly king, queen, ace. I think he's going to bet all of those again. Um, yeah, I yeah. don't know. I'm pretty split. Like I kind of like check calling, but I kind of like check shoving just to protect our equity, especially since. If he bets, like, I'm guessing he's just going to fire half pot because he bet half pot on 4-6-6 anyway uh, on the flop. So, yeah, I'm guessing he's going to bet real big again, and I'd probably just rather take it down, mm-hmm. protect equity. Yeah, that's kind of what my thought was, too. Let's go to the GOAT. 
Taylor, what do you think, Ben? Oh, um, I think check shove is reasonable, though I'm guessing a lot of mid pairs are checking back, like Mark said. Um, I don't imagine a lot of ace highs, which is the vast majority of his range. I don't imagine a lot of ace highs are going bet bet. I would think those are likely to check the flop and likely to check the turn. Like people just aren't double barreling ace highs that frequently here because they have that much showdown value. Yeah. Um, so depending how he is splitting his range, like he doesn't have that many bluff combinations because, you know, again, 18% looks a little bit differently. If he has a lot of ace X, then, you know, he's going to end up checking with showdown, but his few bluff combos that do make it here are things like, you know, Jack 10 suited, Queen Jack suited, 10 Jack suited. Um, so, yeah, those are the, the hands that he could be firing. I don't know if people are, people generally get kind of gunshot and paired boards on the turn. So I imagine they'd only be continuing with the suited combos, like the ones that do Even make Even on a, a king? I don't know if I agree. A king, I feel like. Yeah, I don't know. Like, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and 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 that's if if their 18% is distributed that way. Yeah. Because aside from that, it's like a lot of the range is just pairs, ace x, and then kings, like king queen, king jack, king <laughs> yeah. right. So that kind of sucks uh, for us. So like that card, even though it's a club, isn't that great. Um, but yeah, I I actually don't really hate check shoving. Because I think it's pretty reasonable, and I think a lot of uh, second pair of hands should be betting, like, you know, 10s, 9s, 8s. Those hands still should be betting mm-hmm. on the turn. I, yeah, I and could potentially should. fold. They shouldn't fold, but they could fold. Yeah, I mean, in general, people are, are, are going to be folding to a check raise on the turn at a super high frequency. Um, so I think the hand it's is... just a pot. They started to hand with 20 bigs, so like, he'd be betting. I mean, whatever. He would have a lot lot of invested but yeah he could still fold mm-hmm. um if like this was like 30 or 40 bigs effective to start the hand like it would play much differently um yeah, yeah i i don't hate like but what diego was saying was he was going to check call turn and then check call river is that how you would do it ben or would you check call turn and check fold if he barrels again and just be like yeah Bravo. i mean i would i would say in in, in game i'm probably check calling a lot of the time on the turn uh just because i I don't think people are betting thinly like if 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 he's not a reg i would think a lot of recreational players aren't necessarily betting the turn for thin value like on on paired boards people tend to get quite polarized um so i i don't think people are really good at value betting the turn that thinly so i would probably end up check calling because our equity is good uh then yeah because of a lot of his range there's no way he's going three streets with a second pair uh, type hand, and since yeah. a lot of his ace X's are just going to be checking at some point in the hand, and then the other part of his range is like king X's, and I probably would just be check folding. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. Uh, well, Villain does check behind, uh, for better or worse. So we go to a... Well, actually, before we go to the river, what do you th- does that Now we have more information, what does that tell us about his range? Like... Like if you're a villain, are we are you checking back some kings here because you don't think you can get three streets? Uh, I would say a lot of pairs? I would say a lot of unknowns are checking back a lot of their range. Like yeah, I think they're checking back a lot of 
pocket pairs that are under the king, and even a lot of king axes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking as well. Like, I, I just think he has a really heavy checking range, and his bluffing range is probably just a lot of the broadways that he does have in his opening range that are flush draws, and maybe mm-hmm. some percentage of just like the bluffs, like you know, queen jack of non flush draw, like Mark said. Right. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, okay. So. The river, uh, so we still have about ten and a half big blinds in the pot, and the river is the five of diamonds, so essentially a brick. So it's four, six, six, king, five. Uh, two clubs. The flush draw did not come in for us. And it's on us. I, so not to get too far ahead, but I check here, but I'm actually kind of wondering if maybe we should lead. No. No? Never. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> check, pray, he checks back, basically, or check, fold. Like, um, I, I mean, it's really hard for someone to triple barrel this as a bluff, yeah. like, uh, especially off the stack. Well, he, uh, yeah, he went, he went, oh, no, bet, went check, bet, check, bet, check, bet, but, yeah. like, what's his sizing on the river? He bets half pot, 5.2 bigs. Okay. Yeah, so I I think I'm either folding or check shoving because a lot of his range is... He has check- four, four big, five bigs behind. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just going to fold. No, he'll have ten bigs behind. Ten bigs behind? Oh, sorry, yeah. ten bigs. Or was he the middle position with 18 bigs? 20 bigs, yeah. 20 bigs. Just so he would, have, he would have... 5.2. Yeah, okay, so he has like... Nine or ten. Okay. Yeah. So he would have like nine or ten back. Yeah, and like I think half pot is probably just not a sizing that we're gonna see a lot of bluffs from. Usually it's gonna be a little bit bigger. Um and yeah, it's I'm not really in the business of trying to get people to fold top pair and you know, a thirty dollar American tournament. Right. Not, not not in this spot at least. Yeah, and the bet check bet line is like super top pair heavy line it's just we see it so often and we pay it off so often <laughs> or i used to pay it off all the time and i was like this is just like standard reg line like um and i think it's a good value bet with like tens I, i'm not sure this guy's good enough to value bet like tens here um but it would be a good i mean it should have gone three yeah like i think i think most people yeah whenever they do bet and then check i mean most of their range again like his asex combos they're just going to be checking once there's really no reason for them to bet. So it's either has like the vast majority of his range is like it's 90% constructed of middling pairs and King X. And he has like some five to 10% of Jack 10 suited and Queen Jack suited that he didn't decide to bet on the turn. Yeah, so, this, this would be a very weird line you take as a bluff, like right. absurdly weird. <laughs> yeah. So it, it really just seems like a check, check fold. Okay. Yep. Makes yeah. sense. I don't remember what I did, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I folded. Yeah, I, I would if I'm yeah. a betting man, and I would bet that you fold. We can bet that if anyone wants. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, so I thought this was kind of interesting again because there were, I feel like there were a couple different options on different streets, but also because I think I I left the hand feeling like I had a couple of streets to win the pot on. And then by the river, I felt like there was no way for me to win it, and I I wasn't sure if that was like a failure on my part. You know what I mean? No, I I think it's one of those hands uh, that 
psychologically wise, we could just end up feeling a lot of attachment because like, oh, we flopped a pair. Oh, we have the nut flush draw. And it's like, oh, we have to fold. You know, it's like early, early on in the hand, we have some attachment. Like, okay, sweet. You know, we're going to win this hand. And then when it just doesn't happen, then sometimes we want to make bad calls or just bad calculations. And we just end up, you know, trudging off some equ- equity. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it's important not to, you know, have some sort of attachment to the, the, the result. Agreed. Cool, cool. All right. That was that one. Uh, Diego, you want to uh, tackle the next hand? Sure. Let me bring it up. It is. Yeah, the next one is Jack Jack. Uh, You see that? It is posted by Wager 9. Yep. Okay, I got it. Loading up. Okay, great. So this is a live tournament. So first off, it's posted in the TP forum, and the the title of the thread is JJ out of position facing a three bet from lag reg with 150 big blinds. So all kinds of messy shit going on there. Everything there was like, oh, God, this is going to be a, a lot to think of. <laughs> um, November 25th uh, of last year, yeah, just so yeah, and how it's to, easy to find. Yep, and yeah, there's a lot, and there's a, a decent amount of replies on it. So, uh, okay, so it's a live tournament. Um, blinds are 2550. Um, he says here the effective stack was 7500, which is what he had. Um, villain covers with almost double that. Um, so I'm not sure what tournament this is and what the buy-in is, unfortunately, but um, that's the, the that's a little bit of history. Um, some history on the villain. Uh, he says they have an antagonistic history. He's a taggish reg who's not afraid to three-bet in position, especially versus him. Um, and he says he's a good player and not straightforward. And the hero... That's a pretty good description, actually. Yeah, that's yeah, good, 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 good details. Um, and the hero says his image is that he's active and aggressive. Um, I will just pause there for a second because I feel like people always think their image is active and aggressive and I mean I'm not even not not ripping on on the on the, the poster here I, I I always hear but is that are we really as active and aggressive as people as we think we are to other people or are we just like being active and we think that everyone notices that and people play live more I'd love to hear your take yeah on that. it depends I mean like KB might perceive, you know, being a 2015 is active and like, you know, for Mark to be active, he has to be playing a 50 to 30 or something like that. <laughs> right. So, you know, it really just kind of depends. You know? I, yeah. I do feel if we showed out, if we like, ha- like if we bluff, we triple barrel bluffed and then I threw our hand into the muck, I would say that like pre Annie or something like that, I would say our image was ag. Um, yep. I mean, opening queen eight off from the cutoff. Um, yeah. I mean, I have fifty-fifty on it. Like, sure, I think, like, I think someone, like, some, like, live reg would be like, "Wow, you opened Queen Eight off!" Like, yeah. I, so I, I, I dig it, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. I yeah, I just want to pause there. Yeah, I know. I think it's a good question, actually. Yeah. Diego. And some of its recency effect too. That's what I've learned from my Absolutely. limited live experience. You know, like, there's times where you start to think somebody's pretty aggro, but then you kind of really think about it, you're like, wait, he didn't play a hand for like three hours, and now he's open like four in a row, but maybe he just had a rush of cards, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, right. So, yeah. yeah. I, I also, it's... assuming that the other person is even paying attention to our <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole other deal. What, what's wrong with an iPad grinder? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, as long as you're not doing DFS on it while you're playing poker. Well, I won't be able to. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so yeah, yeah, I wanted to just check in on that. So uh, to your point, Mark, he, he, I'm guessing you got that from the post because he says he just showed down Queen 8 off. So if you didn't, that's an amazing coincidence that you used that as your example. No, I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, you really tuned into this poker thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, he just showed off Queen 8 off from the queen that he raised from the cutoff. Um, and he says his image is likely laggish at the point. Okay, I so. mean, I wouldn't put a lot of stock in that. I'll say I that. Either. So I wouldn't either. I wouldn't. I think yeah, that that's one of the reasons why I asked it too. I just think people over overestimate how much people are paying attention to what they do. Sure. Yeah. Um, especially at twenty five fifty. Right. Like, how, how many hands could they have reasonably played here? But whatever, we can move on. So that's the setup. Um, so pre flop, where is he? He's under the gun plus one, and he three X's to one fifty, which he says is his standard range um, with jacks, jack of clubs, jack of diamonds. One guy calls, um, and he says the caller is a bit of a station. Don't know what position he's from, but then the villain raises to five fifty from the hijack. Um, so I'll just pause there for a second. I think it's pretty straightforward. But what are we doing when it gets back to us? I would be calling. 100% of the time. I don't think I'm ever raising. Uh, his sizing is kind of weird, but not so much live. People do weird shit live. And no, I mean, they remember there's a call, too. There's a yeah, call. there was a call, too. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's a pretty normal raising. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I'm calling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, team, I'd love to hear anyone. Team yeah, call. Okay. okay. Um, so, he does call, and the uh, the guy who's in the middle folded. Okay, so we're going to the flop. Which is absurd to me. Yeah. I mean, I Whatever. What is he? You're right. What, is, what in the world is he calling? I mean, look how deep they are, too. Like, I mean, maybe the guy was... Sh- I, who knows? Like, yeah, whatever. He <laughs> uh, failed I, math. I'm pretty yeah. math. Uh, okay. Um, so... They go to the flop with a pot of 1,300. Uh, the flop, remember, here has jacks here. The flop is eight, nine, deuce, rags. Um, uh, hero is first to act. And what do we want to do here? Hero checks. Yep, hero yeah, checks. Yeah, I think checking is the only option. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I think probably more interesting line, uh, streets are later are more interesting, but vil- villain bets 650 into the 1350, and the hero just calls. Are we all good with that? Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, raising is going to force him to play relatively well. We're not really getting value from much of anything we beat, except for maybe pocket tens, and then we're getting just like a lot of, you know, ace-jack, ace-queen, ace-king hands to probably fold. So, yeah, we want to keep his blob bluffs in here. And plus, if he's really out of line, which I guess he could be if he's trying to ISO the flatter with, like, a wide, you know, it's like a weird linear value range, like, you know, with something like, you know, ace-10 suited, which some, you know, weird live people will do, or, you know, king-9 suited or something like that, then, yeah, which we just definitely want to call. Yep. Yeah. Okay, and so then... Um, so he does call, and the turn is the four of diamonds. So now we've literally got all suits on the on the board, um, and it's eight, nine, deuce, four. Uh, okay, so he, here, do we want to lead, or are we going to let the villain bet, and then I presume call? Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts? De- me, I'm definitely checking. Like, I'm still worried that we're beat, uh, yeah. that we could be beat, and I don't want to, like, I'm not going to get in 
an absurd amount of big blinds with one pair. So, yeah, I'm just going to check, and hopefully he just keeps bluffing. Or, yeah, if he checks back, I'm actually pretty happy, too. If he bets, I'm not excited about it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, still checking and yeah. probably calling depending on sizing, but you know, just depending on sizing and reads. But I, I, I think chat checking with intention of calling two thirds or less sizing would be probably fine. Based on how he described the reg as like taggish reg, who yeah. has three bet a lot in position, seems like they have a little history where he's three bet them before. Um, I think, yeah, I think calling is. Yeah, I am. I mean, I feel like I'm going to call here too, and. You know, if he has the heart to the three barrel here and bluffs me, I'm kind of just gonna accept it. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. You know, I mean, if he's got that heart, and he can pull that, that play. I love how you describe that because I think it's perfect. Like, if he does have the heart, he bravo, congrats. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it, yeah, I'm probably behind if he bets, but if he like if he can pull that maneuver out, it's like well played. You 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 know, you found the right situation. Um, you optimized it, and you know, it, like that's a and lot. You just got to peer deep into his soul. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so use a little white magic. I mean, yeah. three betting three, throughout. I'm sorry, three, three streets at this stage of the tournament would be a lot of chips for this early, right? So he really just has to have like crazy heart to do it as a bluff. Yeah. So I would be just surprised about the amount of people that get out of line, but yeah, I <laughs> yeah. pretty much agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would um, definitely help. Like, it, like I don't think it makes a huge difference, but if this is like a you know, if it's like a 1K versus it being like a 125 re-entry yeah. at Valleys or something, you know, like I do think that makes a difference, but not yeah. a huge difference. And we don't have that information anyway, so. <laughs> uh, but, yep. yeah, I'm just I'm checking for sure on the turn. That's a good point. All right. Well, we, we check, you know, pot's 2,600. He bets 1,500. Okay, call. Yep, call. Yeah. Okay. I am calling. I Like, it is kind of interesting that it's like. I mean, we are getting a lot of chips in at this point, although I think it's reasonable that we are. But, I mean, we essentially now have, like, a pot-sized bet behind. Although, I guess it's still 100 big blinds, so if we have to fold, we have to fold. It's not a big deal. Yeah, never mind. Just call. <laughs> I'm trying to think about his sizing if he's setting up a... Is it, like, a pot-sized river shove? And I think it it's it, it, a little, it's a little uh, less than a pot-sized river shove. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's just about there. Because the he makes it 550, so there's... That's puts five. So effective stack is seven over five hundred. We put in five fifty pre another six fifty, so we're at eleven hundred. Turn is fifteen hundred, so there's twenty six hundred in the pot. I mean twenty six hundred in from the, so that means the stack is at four point nine k, and the pot is at fifty six five point six k on the yes. So just left, a little, right? little under pot, yeah. Little under yeah. pot, very close. Okay, so uh, our hero calls as well. And the river is a jack. <laughs> so, oh, hello. Wee! Wee, hi. <laughs> hello, jack. Um, so now, you know, here, here, this is the, the poster's question. is hero, question mark, question mark, question mark, and why? I submit to you that question. What do we do now? Are we leading? Um, Are we check-raising? I'll go, I'll ahead, go first. Yeah. yeah, I'll go first, and I'll let the expert speak. So, <laughs> part of me thinks that this guy can have a lot of like ace, a high air, and even some like pairs that he just like gives up on and checks back. He might even check back. He might even check back like jack ten, eh, maybe not. But I think he's gonna check back quite a bit, unless he's straight up bluffing, which I think is there's, there's some value to giving him an opportunity to do so. 
So my my thought about this is it depends a little bit on what that history is that the poster mentioned, like how antagonistic is this history? And if it's antagonistic enough, I might bet like 1200 here just to try to induce something from villain, but it depends on what he means by antagonistic. Like if this guy hates my guts, I'm going to I might actually bet small here and try to induce. I don't think he has that kind of antagonistic history. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hate my guts is like an exaggeration, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. Like, if if I if I feel like this guy really wants to own my soul, I might try to get him to to try. <laughs> okay. Um, ben, you want to go or you want me to go? I'll let you. Indifferent. No. I'll fire. Um, yeah, I'm pretty big on checking here. Um, I I think I mean he's got a two x stack to start the hand, so like, I think he's more likely to bluff. I think. Jack being an overcard, maybe. I, I don't know what he's double-barreling on this board that he would check the river with other than, like, I, shit, I don't even know ace-nine. Like, um, I certainly think that's one of the value hands he can have, but I think, like, even overpairs, like, basically what it comes down to with me if I'm going to, like, lead shove or something is if I think he's going to check back an overpair. And uh, I don't think that. I think he's going to jam I an overpair so here. So, like, I want to give him... Let him have his overpairs and let him have his bluffs. So checking seems like uh, kind of a slam dunk here. I agree with Mark. Nothing great needs to be said. Yep. And thread. No, lead 1,200. <laughs> uh, no, but I do think like him having 2x stack is something. I don't know. I think that's kind of key. I mean, there's just no situation where I would lead here. Sorry, Derek. I love you. That's okay. No, no problem. It was just kind of something that went through my head. I, I certainly think that most of the time, like if, if I didn't know anything about villain, I would be checking here like a hundred percent of the time. So I think I was probably trying to read too much into the dynamic. Yeah, but if he, if the way you should read it though, to be honest, if like he's ag and you have this antagonistic history, like just let him hang himself, like check, go ahead, like yeah. give him the rope. Um, you're trying to do something a little cute, like lead twelve hundred to get him to tool out. He's probably more likely just to like look down at his stack and be like, well, I have two X all in. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Like, the the only key is if, if the guy is going to check back this card with aces uh, for whatever reason, which I think is just he wouldn't do because we have some 10 jacks in our range that get there on the river. Yeah, I just uh, – if I, like, had some sick read that he would check back aces here, I would lead. But that's it, and I don't think I ever could have that read. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you you could definitely tell. I mean, whenever we make the call, we should definitely be lo looking at their body language. Are they happy? Are they not? And we could sort of get that vibe, you know, when we're in in the moment. But yeah, I mean, I would say just you know, let's just pretend we're playing this hand online or with the information that we have. Like checking is definitely the play, but you know, sometimes we have a a feel sense on what villain disposition is when we make the turn call, but yeah, I think, I think check calling for all the reasons that Mark said is, is definitely the way to go. Cool. The cool. live guy. I love the live guy coming in with the reads. Like, dude, I thought I want to read like Mike Carroll's book. Like I always say <laughs> this, like, I, I mean, I know that's like so outdated, but I've heard it's really good still. Um, dude. Okay. Whenever, yeah. Whenever I was, you know, on, on the come up, I would, I would drive an hour home on, like on the week, week weekends from college to play like this five cent, 10 cent game. 
And I would I would pick a read from his book, and I would like, all right, I'm going to work on this read. <laughs> Wait, you've actually read this book? This is great. I don't think we've yeah, for this. sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, that was probably one of the first books that I got. Dude, I I have some great texts from you from live events where you text me like, oh, this dude scratched his right eyebrow. Like, no, it's not exactly like that. But you have come with some like sick live tell stuff where I'm just like, damn, like. I'm just there like, damn, all right, what does my HUD tell me to do? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I, it's definitely something that I think is uh, underrated for sure. It's just like live tells. I, you know, I, I, read don't know, a, I feel like I can tell if someone's mad or something. I don't know. I feel like I have a decent read live. There's a book recently, Reading Poker Tells, by a guy named Zachary Elwood. That, I think that came out maybe last year. So it's it's you know, a lot newer than Caro's book, not to say that that doesn't still hold up. Um, but I read that last year. It's actually from 2012. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Another, yeah, another I mean, live tell. I, I haven't read it. I kind of want to get it. But as far as I'm concerned, a lot of the reviews I've heard is like, it's kind of the way to go. Yeah. So yeah. Pretty, I don't know, I, I, yeah. I think like we'd be stupid, especially me as like a strictly online guy. Like I'd be kind of stupid to, not learn, uh, you know, live tells, whatever, all that stuff. Well, you've yeah. gone to the WSOP three years in a row and haven't learned them yet, so <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Uh, just because uh, you wanted to lead there, now you have to give it to me. I get it. <laughs> so I probably should have uh, mentioned this before the hand. I just tweeted it out, the, uh, the hand, um, for people listening. If you want to go back and look at, you know, the link on our forum, um, it's it's it was tweeted on March second uh, at eleven twenty <laughs> or so. Um, if you wanted to go through my thread at uh, at Rockfest Buddy on Twitter, or maybe we can even post this uh, before the the hand, or just post it along with the hand or something. Yeah, I'll put um, a link uh, on the web, on the okay. website as well. Uh, but that doesn't okay. help those of you who are listening on iTunes. So yeah, yeah. If you want to do that, go back seven years ago and listen to it, or, or go back seven years on Ron Van Buddy's Twitter <laughs> stream and find it. <laughs> Are we talking about time travel now? Is that where we've got? Well, you don't you don't think people will be listening to this in seven years? <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, absolutely. Oh, well, this will be fun. Get hey, uh, th- this will be good. Hey, if you're listening to this seven years from now, please tweet at me and Diego and tell yeah. us that you're listening to it. And ask uh, KB how he did in the Super Senior event. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one oh, from God. seven years ago. <laughs> By then, I'll almost be able to play it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I guess All right, we should awesome. wrap it up. We've babbled on yep. long enough. Yeah, long one. Uh, and Good. Ben has llamas to go take care of or something. No, he's not there anymore. Oh, right. well, I, I officially moved out like two, three days ago. Yeah. Damn. But yeah, good game, llamas. I'm going to miss the lemurs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Ben, thank you very much for taking some time out of your schedule to uh, chat with us. I'm glad, uh, glad we got you on and uh, looking forward to your series coming out soon. Yeah, man. Anytime. Uh, wait, wait, yeah. wait. Anytime? Anytime huh. as far as having me on, and maybe I'll give some free rolls. Hey, record Twitter that. Or... <laughs> record that. Save that. You I said will... anytime. <laughs> yeah. Give me a – yeah, whatever. Just <laughs> <laughs> holler. Yeah, those words at some point, man. Just holler. Just holler. <laughs> uh, and, Mark, thank you, too. You're, you're, you're pretty swell as well. Thanks, man. Cool. Yes. All right. We're going to take a very quick, uh, a very quick break, and then we'll come back, and me and Ron Fezbuddy will wrap this shindig up here on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Thanks, guys. Peace. Take it easy. Peace. Peace.
Welcome back to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Big thanks to Ben and Mark for stopping in today. Um, as we mentioned, we knew it was going to be a fun and spirited conversation, and uh, I think it was. I enjoyed it. Yep. Yeah, always always love, you know, Mark is a frequent guest for the for this, this program, so uh, he's always fun to have on here. And like I said, you know, before we brought uh, Ben on, he's just, I love talking poker with him. He's, he's an OG. Uh, he really helps you think, gets your right mindset. Right way to think about poker, um, so that was fun. Uh, and, yeah. You know, like hearing his history, talking about um, backing, and you know, and then diving into the WSOP and then the hands. Uh, yeah, you know, kind of all around. Yeah, we we went really long. Um, there was one other topic that I kind of wanted to get into, but we'll save it for the next time he's on. Which you know, Ben's really into sort of the mental game of poker as yeah. well. Uh, does a lot of like meditation, um, you know, healthy eater, all that kind of stuff. So. Um, I think that yoga, so I think that might be something we can get into with him uh, next time he's on the show, which hopefully won't be another two years from now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, we'll, uh, we'll try to get Ben back to dive into some of that, but definitely enjoyed it. So thanks again to Ben uh, and Mark for stopping yeah. in for sure. Thank you guys. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what uh, what's going on at TPE. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it really right now it is the Ben and Mark show uh, and you. Um, so as I said earlier, right now we have you, you know, series with you, uh, doing a stick it to the man, Mark, Mark sticking it to you. Uh, we call it the KB pain train. Um, I love that series. So I've watched the first couple parts. Um, I mean, it's like, a, it's like a podcast, but with, you know, a hand history replayer in front of you. Um, yeah. it's just great. You guys, you guys are great together. Um, yeah, I would say, I think it's the number one thing that people ask me about on, my Twitch stream is when are, when are there going to be more stick it to the man videos? Like people ask for them all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was happy to finally get one out. It's a it's a review of a 10k uh, on Bavada that yeah. I won. Oops, I probably shouldn't say I won it. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's a it's a pretty interesting one, and I know there's a lot of people out there uh, because a lot of them are in the chat with me who uh, who play on Bavada, and and I think it'll be cool for people to get like a little bit of a look into the dynamics of of that site and turn yeah. on that site. So, and I'll tell you, when we started this Ticket to the Man series, you know, five years ago, or, yeah, about five years ago. I mean, we we no, actually more, almost six years ago now. Uh, man, we got killed. We got brutalized. <laughs> I mean, you know, games the game was much different. Our games were much worse. Um, so that we really got beat up, but it was it was I learned a ton from from putting myself under the microscope. It was, you know, it, it, for, it forced you to face your leaks and yeah. own them, and you know you can't hide them. There, you're everyone, the whole site <laughs> to see. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I kudos to you for doing that, um, and it's fun. Um, I just enjoyed it. I like watch. I just watch it. It's entertaining, and I'm learning while I'm watching it. So I, I, I love that. Um, ben is is coming out on the 11th, like I said earlier. Um, I'm looking forward to this series as well. Uh, I loved his first series. Um, he and this one continues his excellent work, um, and he's just a really great analytical thinker. Um, and then since then, we've had um, uh, you know right now. Uh, Birdie 420. Justin is running um, as well, and he's just a a, a boss, um, and so having his series live is fantastic. Um, and we have a couple of new new pro coming, but I think we'll wait to announce it because we don't want. We've learned our lesson with announcing new pros before the video goes live. Um. <laughs> so true. I, I will say, um, make sure and check out uh, for those who are listening. Make sure and check out Justin's uh, videos. I think he's really smart. I got to hang out with him a bit at PCA. Yeah. Uh, he was deep in the PCA main down there. 
I had heaps of chips. It was fun to rail him and uh, talk a little poker. He's a super bright guy, too, so make sure you guys check out his vids. Yep. Cool. Well, listen, so. that's, that's about it. Thank you for sticking with us this long, long podcast, um, but we appreciate, we appreciate it. It's, yeah. it's always fun to do. Yep, it's been a fun one. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back for more uh, hopefully very, very soon. Awesome. Well, cool. Good, good talking to you again, KB. Yep, you as well. Thanks, Mark and Ben. Thanks to everybody for listening, and we'll see you guys all back here next time on the TPE Podcast. See ya. Peace. Love nobody. Everybody, everybody.